0: Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. You can find The Aside on SoundCloud, the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Android podcasting apps and now Spotify. The next eight episodes of The Aside come from Drama Victoria's mini-conference 2019 Jumpstart, where Heidi Irvine is in conversation with Wesley Enoch about Indigenous perspectives through drama these episodes were recorded at a live event, so the audio quality isn't as high as it usually is. This is part five of the eight-part series. If you have not listened to the earlier parts of the conversation, I encourage you to go back and listen to those for context. Part five is on the question, how do you teach the negative history and mistreatment of Aboriginal people without making it seem like a deficit?
1: In regards to that idea of betrayals, too, I think it's an interesting thing, because one of the questions here is about um, uh, representations of Aboriginal people as victims, um, teaching about the negative impacts without creating deficit betrayals. And yeah. I think that um, going on from that statement and thinking about even you know taking away the, the kind of Aboriginal kind of context of it and looking at work for young people and looking at how young people themselves are represented on stage, because quite often I think we're at a stage now where we're asking really bigger questions about young people and who they are and what what intelligence and knowledge they hold as um, you know advocates and all that kind of idea. So um, automatically, I think when you're working in a classroom with young people, there's there's something loaded in there. There's there's, there's um, that already comes with its own kind of context, but thinking about it now from an uh, from you know an aboriginal perspective like that idea of going you know how do you kind of teach about those negative impacts and that, mm-hmm. that challenge without making it something that seems a deficit
2: well uh, let's let uh, the, the other step too is as yeah. theatrical thinkers we are often um, attracted to the most dramatic stories yeah you know it's it's the nature we, we don't create theatre around banality and therefore, you want the biggest, powerful, interesting set of tensions and dramas you can make. And often that is about you know, um, you know, the, the kids, or in this case, kids dealing with the the pressures of uh, violence or, or um, drug abuse or
1: cyberbullying. Um, <laughs>
2: But we look for, we, well... Too
1: many times, too many times.
2: But we look for big dramatic situations to throw characters in, to see how they deal with it. Um, and often, you know, as I said before, writing onto the public record uh, perspective, a story, um, let's say like Stolen, you know, Stolen was, when we first started working on Stolen was, well, I, I came in, into contact with it in 1993 and it wasn't staged until 1998. And I think it had a couple of years' development before I got involved. Um, And and the Bringing Them Home report was just coming to fruition, just coming out there then. Um, And so therefore it was able to create an emotional understanding for what was a political issue or that it, it turned into capital P politics. What was the kind of the the, the emotional situation there? And I actually just sidebar. I remember in the year two thousand we were touring, and um, I can't remember who said what. There was Heron and there was Ruddick, and Heron was the minister for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Affairs, and Ruddick was Mr. Burns or something, whatever he was. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, one said. Uh, we're not talking about <coughs> generations you know, we're talking about maybe only 10% of Aboriginal kids were ever taken away from their families I remember an academic saying yeah, 10% the Romans used to do that, it was called decimation yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I think it was Radek then said look we're not talking about a culture that invented the wheel here um, now overnight we were at Belvoir Street at the time and overnight the show sold out now, why is that? Because, again, we're looking for... We, we, as a population, look to the arts to help explain things, to help create uh, a context, a vocabulary, to understand what others aren't giving us the information uh, about and to give us some kind of emotional connections to things because we realise that it's, it's more than just what we're seeing in, in front of us. Now, having said that, how do you then go through, in in the kind of Greek sense of catharsis, how do you take the souls of those in the audience on a journey through things that can be incredibly harrowing and confronting and powerful, and how do you return those souls back to their bodies, stretched and invigorated and exercised around the idea? Uh, And I think that a lot of uh, Indigenous writers find a way of having some kind of uplift in their work. Whereas I find a lot of non-Indigenous writers love this sense of keeping in the wallow (laughs) of it. You know? And so for me, there's a a greater responsibility as an Indigenous theatre maker to go, how do I lift people up at the end so that they can go out into life with a sense of feeling empowered? Because you feel a responsibility for every single Aboriginal person who's in the audience. Because you go, oh, my God. I used to say that actors were stolen, Say, don't go anywhere you can't come back from, you know? Don't go into the whole method and get into it if you can't come back from it, because, in fact, you're an important part of, you know, your own psychological health is so important. Um, you know, I'm all for trigger warnings. I'm all for discussion of, of issues afterwards um, so that no one has to carry the burden of this. And so if everyone thought, in fact, there was a responsibility to every Aboriginal person in the audience to feel that their story had been told, had been told with uh, care, and that they were given something uh, that was a gift to take home with them, then regardless if there's Aboriginal people in the audience at all, it would give everyone that sense of lift. Because there are incredibly harrowing things in, in our lives. and i wrote a paper about this talking about the the exceptionality when you look at uh, linda burney you know when her son took his own life about a year or so ago yeah. and you go you just think linda burney who's you know high-powered shadow minister in the federal parliament was deputy uh, premier of of new south wales huge kind of political presence a you know, diminutive woman but a huge presence and her son takes his own life because of the battle with drugs, identity, sexuality. you start to realize that that we we are all on a path that could go one way or the other that the that it well, me i 'm not an exception to all the other things that we understand like so alcoholism uh domestic violence uh uh suicide uh, youth suicide um uh, terrible, terrible poverty. All those things that, in my lived experience, but you can't see it. Yeah.
0: Well, that's it for this episode of The Aside, but please do keep listening for the rest of the interview with Wesley Enoch on Indigenous Perspectives Through Drama. You can find The Aside on SoundCloud, the Apple Podcasting app Stitcher, Android Podcasting apps, and now Spotify. If you would like to ask us a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. We answer a number of emails each week and are more than happy to help. Thank you to Drama Victoria for supporting this podcast. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. And of course, thank you for listening.